Hey, Mark. Hey, Katie. Hey, you want to do a podcast? Yeah. Sweet. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to the Unforget Yourself Show, where we use the power of woo and the proof of science to help you identify your blind spots, get over your own bullshit, <gasps> so that you can do the fucking thing you actually want to do. Absolutely. I'm Mark. And I'm Katie. And we're the founders of Unforget Yourself and the creators of the Unforget Yourself system. Look, being a business owner is tough. Yeah. With vulnerability and with humor, mm-hmm. we'll be sharing with you the real stories behind the success of those brave and crazy enough to start their own business and to show you that you're not alone. You're not. Well, from the accidental entrepreneur to the laser-focused CEO, we have honest conversations about how they got to where they are today. We talk about the challenges that they faced and what they're currently dealing with in real time on their roller coaster journey. Along the way, we want to show you that it's, it's you. You are the most important asset in your business. Yeah, you are. So let's cut the bullshit and start the show. Enjoy. Okay. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the show. Today, we have Riley Molinario joining us. Riley is the world's first love educator. As being, She's an expert love educator and a relationship coach who empowers us to create lives that we love by teaching us, which I love this part, relationship intelligence. Riley, thank you so much for being with us today. Could you please share with our audience a bit more about you and what you do? Absolutely. So first of all, thank you so much for having me. I really love what you do and I'm super excited to be here. Um, Yes, so I am a love educator and relationship coach. I guide couples to create thriving relationships without fighting boredom or negativity. When it comes to our relationships, whether it's the relationships we have at work, the relationships we have with friends or family, um, and the relationships with our partner, a lot of times we simply are suffering because of the ignorance that we've had. Society has set us up for failure. We don't understand how to have successful relationships because we haven't been taught. And so a lot of times we struggle through them and we suffer along the way. We fight, we have resentment, frustration, and these poor relationships are affecting everything else in our lives. When we're talking about relationships, the most important relationship we have is with ourselves, And we struggle the most with the relationship that we have with ourselves. So I give people those tools and techniques to understand exactly how to have positive relationships with themselves and positive relationships with other people. We have sort of gotten into this idea that relationships are complicated, they're hard. You know, I'm sure you've heard, you know, marriage is so hard, you have to muster through it. Um, Relationships aren't actually so difficult. They are complex, but they're not difficult. It's simply that we don't have the tools and techniques that we need to thrive. We don't understand how to navigate them successfully. So I always use the analogy, if I was to ask you to speak to me in Chinese, you would probably, I'm guessing that you don't, you would probably say, you know, it's too hard, I can't. But if I give you a book and a tutor and I send you to China for two years, you will learn to speak Chinese. Chinese people in China speak Chinese. So it's not that it's difficult, it's just that you don't have that code or that formula. Exactly. Oh, there's so much, there's so much you said there. (laughs) So I'm, I am trying to figure out where to start. I love that you said that we're essentially set up for failure because we aren't taught how to be in a relationship. Can you expand on that a bit more? 
Yes, it's it's so sad to see when I see a couple come to me. And again, these relationships are all different types, but I specifically work with couples. So when I see a couple come to me and one partner is saying that it's the other partner's fault and vice versa, and they've gotten to this place of contempt, they actually start hating each other. They're so tired. They're so frustrated. They really oftentimes think, well, I can't be with this person because it's the person that's the problem. When most of the time, it's actually the relationship itself. We've never been taught how to have a successful relationship. Most people that I speak to, you know, they don't understand the fundamentals of communication or understanding. They don't know how to compromise or negotiate. They don't know how to problem solve without fighting. These are things that we haven't often been taught by our parents. And it's definitely not taught in school. It's not taught, you know, on TV and movies. I always say that they should have like a warning label, like they have, you know, on the cigarette packs on movies and say, this is for entertainment purpose only. You know, we shouldn't (laughs) be taking, you know, these theatrical pieces that are works of art and thinking, oh, this is how we're supposed to interact with other people. So we're sort of just lost when it comes to how to have successful relationships. Never mind you that relationships have changed more in the last 50 years than they have in the last 5,000. So the relationships dynamics that we used to have in the past were much more simple in complexity. In the past, society ruled. We were all sort of doing what we were told. We didn't have the freedom that we have now. And so it was a little bit easier to understand what your role was and what was expected of you. And because certain people had more power than others, there was sort of this idea that, you know, we don't have to negotiate. We don't have to compromise. We don't have to, you know, talk it out. We just do what we're supposed to do. But now we have more freedom than ever to choose who we want to be, who we want to be with, what kind of relationships we want to have, what kind of dynamics we want to have. And that's a wonderful thing if we have the right tools and techniques. Oh, exactly. So could you tell us a bit more about what that means to have tools and techniques? Because I think that people don't even, um, it, it can't even uh, comprehend that it is, that those are necessary in relationship. Like that is something outside of, of a relationship. Why would you need to bring that in? Absolutely. So again, how do we navigate relationships successfully? When it comes to having tools and techniques, we're talking about things like understanding, having effective communication. You know, a lot of people, they don't really understand how to communicate. I always say to people, you know, on day one, when we're having a conversation, we have, you know, the speaker and we have the listener. In order to have an effective conversation, you have to choose one job. And a lot of people, they try to take the same job, which is the speaker. And if two people are speaking and no one is listening, we're not going anywhere with the conversation. So we really need to learn how to be better listeners and what it means to be a better listener. You know, I can hear what it is that you're saying, but am I actually listening? Listening means to listen with the intent to understand. A lot of times people think, oh, well, if I don't agree with you, then, then I'm sort of rejecting what it is that you're saying to me, but I can actually understand what it is that you're telling me and completely disagree with what you're saying, because I understand that that is your perspective. And then I have my own perspective. So this is a skill set or a tool to be able to navigate that relationship. How do we have effective communication? How do we practice understanding? How do we 
practice acceptance, you know, accepting the other person's point of view, understanding that you are two different people having two different experiences in any kind of relationship. You need to practice acceptance that if someone sees something, feels something that's different from you, that's perfectly okay because you're having two different experiences. So I can respect what it is that you're saying and I can accept it even if I have a different point of view. Right. So do you find that so often people get stuck in this attempt to convince somebody to uh, take on their point of view? And it's simply that that needs to be sort of set down? Absolutely. So if you don't actually ag agree with what I'm saying, it's as if you're saying that what I'm saying isn't valid and what I'm saying isn't true. I need you to accept. I need you to see exactly what I see in order to validate that what I'm seeing is true. But instead, what we need to do is we need to recognize, okay, you're saying that the sky is blue. I see it as green. I see that you see it as blue and I accept that, but I still see it as green. So two things can be valid at the same time. This is when we accept that people are different and they have different perspectives. Mm -hmm. But what often happens is if you don't agree with me, then the conversation is sort of over right? We can't really get anywhere. If you have your own opinion and you don't agree with me, then I'm not going to get what I want. And so I need you to agree with me so that I can get what I want. But in actuality, what we need to learn to do is say, okay, you see the sky is blue. I see the sky is green. We have an understanding. That's step one. Then we can navigate that to find a solution that works for both of us. That's when we start using the tools, the techniques, the, the skill sets of compromise, negotiation, brainstorming, all of those beautiful things that allow us to sort of navigate the journey and find a solution that makes us both happy. Beautiful. So what do you see happen when you start working with clients? Uh, once you, you know, say, say somebody comes to you and they are at the point of contempt, uh, where, where do you start with them? And then what is sort of the progression that you've witnessed? Yeah. So when a couple is sort of at the end, let's say, and they're just about to get a divorce, they're just about to break up. Um, that is when I have to be the most gentle with them because they have a lot of scars from the trauma that they've experienced. The first thing that I do is I, tr I come in with a very empathetic point of view and I try to get them to understand that they can have empathy for themselves and have empathy for the relationship. So a lot of times people don't understand that in a relationship, you have three entities, not one. It's partner one, partner two, and the couple. And so as you see the couple or the relationship, both partners need to have empathy for the relationship and say, you know what? It's not that we're bad people. It's not that we don't love each other. It's not that we enjoyed 20 years of misery. It's that we were never taught those tools and techniques. No one ever taught us how to have a successful relationship. You know, it could be that one partner grew up in an abusive household and they had no example to go by. And they just sort of, you know, started dating when they were a teenager, made some mistakes, tried to do their best, read a few magazines and blogs and tried to get advice here and there, asking their friends who probably have just as bad relationships as they do, you know, and they're just doing their best. 
but they haven't had a formal education, you know, and the same way that we need to have an education and we need to have a license to drive a car, we need to sort of have a license to have relationships. We need to learn these things because a lot of people are confused. They think that that love is the most important thing. You know, and as the love educator, I'm, I'm so sorry to burst that bubble, but love simply is not enough. It's just a feeling of deep affection for someone. So we need to pair that love with the relationship intelligence. Love is sort of what gets you through the door, but the relationship intelligence is what takes you on that journey successfully. So we can see so many times couples, they love each other, they care about each other. You know, they may have some children and they had all these wonderful memories, but they just can't stand each other at this point. And they don't understand why. And they're just like, we just can't get through these problems. We just can't stop fighting. We're just miserable, but we still love each other. So that love, it's just not enough glue to keep the relationship together. Yeah. Oh, and the idea of developing an intelligence around how to nurture that relationship is, uh, yeah, nothing that I think comes to mind immediately because we don't think of the relationship as a separate entity. Uh, so as that, as, as a separate entity, is it teaching people basically how to, how to feed it, how to nurture it, how to take care of it as you would, as you would a person? Yeah, basically. Um, I, I say, I try to keep things quite simple. Um, so when I say how to have a successful relationship, I say we do it in three parts. So the first part is having a common vision. It's understanding exactly what are the goals, the expectations, the boundaries, the values uh, as a couple in the relationship. Again, we're in 2022. There's people with all kinds of different belief systems and backgrounds and ideas and goals and aspirations. We need as an individual to take responsibility that we are choosing this person. And if we choose this person, we have to know a lot about this person and know whether or not we are compatible. You know, I had this woman who I worked with, she was married for 10 years. She was a stay-at-home mom and her husband went out and, and he provided, um, you know, the financial um, income for the family. And then she ended up getting a part-time job where she was working from home. She said, I believe that we should now share everything 50-50. And he said, no, I'm a man. I don't do the cooking and the cleaning and taking care of the kids. Now I have my personal opinion and my personal response to this, but my mm -hmm. professional opinion is that he's in the right. He's in the right to want what he wants. If he wants a wife who cooks and cleans and takes care of the kids and, you know, gives him two massages a day and runs him a bubble bath and, you know, feeds him grapes <laughs> on the sofa, if he wants that, he gets to want what he wants because the world is our oyster. We get to dream as big as we want to dream. But the problem is he's with a woman who doesn't want to give him that. And if he wants that, he has to go find a woman who's willing to give him all those things, right? So when we're in a relationship, we need to make sure that the person that we're with has the same values and beliefs that we do. When we're talking about, you know, I sort of generalize 
traditional relationships and modern day relationships. Now, this is an overgeneralization, but you know, the sort of the people who believe that the woman should stay at home, that the man goes out and cooks and um, goes out and, and makes the money. And, you know, he's the head of the household. And then you have more progressive relationships where you sort of share 50-50 or you base the 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 actions on the skill sets. Now you get to choose. There is no right or wrong. When it comes to successful relationships, neither one of these groups is really doing better than the other. But the question is, where do you lie in this? What do you want and what is going to work best for you in your relationship? You know, are you looking for those traditional values? Are you looking to, you know, have this sort of idea that this is going to work best or are you more flexible are you you know more progressive and finding someone who has those same values and same beliefs that is really step one it, you just explained essentially what people hear all the time but don't understand how to implement it or why it's so important until later on um, I think that might be the essence of the idea of I'll change him later or her down the road it'll be fine when really <laughs> that's that's not quite the case absolutely you know when we get into a relationship with someone it's our job to do the research it's our job to make sure that this person is compatible with us because again they have the right to want what they want and if you know if i'm a woman and i say i am 100% sure i do not want to have children and my partner mm -hmm. says, I'm 100% sure I want to have children. Now, it's not to say that we can't be in a relationship. But if I get into that relationship, I have to accept that my partner has the right not to change their mind. So it's my responsibility to be with someone who I am compatible with. That is really, really step one. Now, everything mm -hmm. else that comes after that is the relationship intelligence, because just because you're compatible and in love and you have the same vision in the beginning, it's mm. still not enough to take you through the end, but it's it's the best way to start. Oh, right. Well, that whole compatibility part, isn't that then almost the foundation for your own happiness long-term? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because, you know, again, you have to decide what kind of life you want. You have to decide what kind of family you want. You know, do you want to have children? Do you want to travel the world or do you want to stay on a farm? Do you want to live in a caravan and a mansion? Um, <laughs> you know, do you want to have a household that meditates together, prays together, um, that values, you know, excitement or values, you know, quiet time? I mean, what kind of life do you want to have? You get to choose. And when you choose, it's then your responsibility to choose someone who is in alignment with those values and those beliefs. Mm -hmm. Brilliantly said, I put. Now, so as, um, as a love educator and a relationship coach, I'm sure you have it all figured out then, right? You're <laughs> totally <laughs> solid. Everything's fine. <laughs> Yes. Well, to be honest, um, so when couples, I talk a lot about power couples, okay? And power couple is something that we've kind of heard in, in the media. And we think of like Brad and Angelina, you know, this super rich couple who has it all. Um, that's not exactly how I use the word power couple. So to me, a power couple is a couple that is deeply in love and able to navigate relationship intelligence, which is sort of having it all. 
They love each other. There's a lot of care and they're able to solve problems. They have amazing communication. They cultivate joy. They sort of have the package. Now, power couples don't necessarily have fewer problems than anyone else. My husband and I went through the pandemic, just like you. You know, we recently had to drop everything. We're both entrepreneurs. We had to recently drop everything um, because my husband's niece had a brain tumor and she's 12 years old. She had to get it removed. She was super scared. She lives in a different country. We had to like drop everything buy plane tickets, buy a last minute hotel, you know, go fly there, be with her. We were really scared. You know, she's 12 years old. So we have problems. That's just simply called life. And when we accept that problems are a part of life, it becomes more manageable. So we have problems, but the difference between us and maybe some other couples is that when problems come in, we don't fall apart. We don't fight. We don't create that negativity. We create positivity. And we see every challenge that we go through in our relationship as an opportunity to grow. Because every time a problem comes in, we show support for one another. We practice that active listening. We have amazing communication. We problem solve. You know, we were like, okay, what do we have to do? Let's write a list. Plain plane ticket, hotel. Okay. You get the plane ticket. I'll get the hotel. You know, we just, we get on with it because that's the only thing that's, you know, progression is the only thing that we can do at that point. And we use each other for that support, for that, you know, comfort. How are you doing? How are you feeling? Is there anything I can do for you? You know, what, what can we do to support the family? We start brainstorming. Should we bring flowers? Should we buy her a present? You know, we take the situation and we make the best out of it. And along the way, because we're practicing all of these skills, we're using all of these tools and techniques, every time we do this, our relationship gets stronger as opposed to the other way around, which is it gets weaker. Right. So it obviously wasn't always like this for you. Um, I I found over and over again, um, talking with business owners that, um, that are doing what I view as what you're essentially made to do. Uh, that what brought that out was everything that came before that maybe was um, challenging, uh, painful. Is that is that the story for you? A million percent. Absolutely. So, you know, now I can say that I have a thriving relationship and I work with couples to give them that same formula so that they can be set up for success. Um, But my beginning was the exact opposite. It was completely without love. Um, My father abandoned me when I was born and left me to sleep in the snow. My mother and my stepfather were very abusive and very neglectful. I grew up in a house of chaos lots of screaming, lots of beating, lots of just, you know, childhood neglect. And I ended up leaving home when I was 16, because I simply just could not take the pressure anymore. Um, I was an extremely bright child. I excelled in school, I was labeled as gifted. Um, And so when I left home at 16, I was extremely book smart and street smart, because when you're, you know, you're 16, you learn to take care of yourself. But that's when I realized that there was also something missing. There was another type of intelligence that wasn't there. So I ended up getting a a house and a car. I invested in the stock market. Um, I was studying finance and hospitality while working two jobs. I, you know, on the outside, I had it all. I was living the American dream, but on the inside, it was crumbling, absolutely crumbling. Mm -hmm. 
I didn't know how to have a conversation. I was always fighting with my partners. Um, anytime I was upset, I would have a screaming fit and cursing and calling names and throwing things. I mean, it was, it was quite bad. So the lack of relationship intelligence mixed with my anxiety and my depression and my past trauma that wasn't dealt with, I was like a ticking time bomb. And so I realized, um, actually, after my suicide attempt, I realized that there was something missing that I hadn't known was missing. There was there was something that, you know, I didn't even realize existed. And I didn't realize that my lack of this skill, like my lack of this intelligence was the reason why I was suffering. Because a lot of times when we're suffering, we try to solve issues on a surface level. You know, I'm frustrated with my partner because he doesn't take out the trash. If only I get him to take out the trash, then I'll be happy. Well, it has nothing mm -hmm. to do with the trash. You know, it has nothing to do with the money. It has nothing to do with, you know, these, these material surface things. Everything mm -hmm. is on that deeper level of relationship intelligence. Um, so when I decided that I was going to live, I decided that I was going to teach myself, like I had taught myself so many other things, I was going to teach myself what my parents and society failed to teach me. And that was how to have a relationship with myself and how to have a relationship with other people. You know, we really truly understand that the quality of our life is based around the quality of our relationships. Everything is based on relationships. Exactly. So what is uh, the relationship with your business like for you now? Um, where uh, do you feel like it is just full of joy and where do you find some challenges? Yeah. So the joy comes, the joy comes by helping people, I think, first with the realization, mm -hmm. because people don't know what they don't know and they're suffering. And they think, you know, I'm, I'm, it's my partner, my partner's the reason I'm suffering, you know, and, and when I bring this idea to them of relationship intelligence, and I tell them truly, you know, this is not your fault. It's sort of like giving them insight that they've never seen before. And so every time I bring this to a couple, it's as if I'm helping myself. You know, and I think a lot of coaches have that experience of, of sort of helping their pre-coach self, um, you know, and it's, it's beautiful because I get to alleviate that pain and I get to alleviate that suffering by simply just giving them something that, you know, now I've been doing this for, for a while that for me, it's just everyday practice. But when I give it to someone who's never thought about it before, they've never, you know, considered it because it's not a common topic that people are talking about. It's like, it's just, you know, alleviating those strains. And when I see them click and they're like, oh, Oh, that for me, that, that is the moment where I'm just like, yeah. because when I work with a couple, I, you know, I ask them, do you think your partner is a bad person? Most of the time they say, no, they're not a bad person. You know, sometimes they're a jerk and they're this, but deep down, I don't think that they're an evil person. I don't think that they enjoy, you know, watching me suffer. And it's true, you know. When a couple is is in that moment, it's not that they're enjoying it. Both people are suffering. It's not just one, both of them are, regardless of whose fault it is and this and that, they're both suffering. And so 
both of those people are, are hurting themselves. And it's simply because of that ignorance that they have. So bringing that to the table and saying, you know, it's not that the two of you should be pointing your finger at each other. It's that the two of you should be looking at the world and saying, hey world, what have you done to me? <laughs> so I sort of give them that insight. And again, that moment of clarity, that that's what it's all about for me. Oh, lovely. So what do you think, well, it looks, it sounds like so often we're holding ourselves back within a relationship because of this uh, lack of relationship intelligence. Um, is that what you're seeing? And then how do you see that now, even just within yourself? Yeah. So again, people don't know what they don't know. Um, and that is what I'm hoping to do is to shed more light on this topic, because it's not something that's being talked about enough. Um, and so many of us are suffering from something that just isn't out there. So for me, I, I do think that a lot of couples are suffering because they just don't know why they're suffering. Um, and for me, in my own relationship with myself, relationship intelligence saved me. You know, I used to go around and tell people my story as an excuse for my behavior. You know, I would say, yeah, but my mom beat me and, you know, I was abandoned and all this stuff. And this is why I'm this way. And, you know, it, it, it it's valid right? It did happen, but it wasn't helping me whatsoever. I was living in my suffering. And it wasn't until I was um, probably about 21, I was telling my story and it clicked to me, hold on a second, but I don't live with my parents anymore. They're not even here. So why am I continuing to hurt myself? It's not that they're hurting me, my memory and, and you know, repeating it over and over and using it as an excuse. This is actually what's hurting me. And a lot of us, we hold on to childhood trauma. You know, we continue to tell that story. We continue to feed that existence. For me now, when I talk about my story, people kind of see that I have this sort of blank face or sometimes I'm even smiling. And it's not that I enjoyed what happened, but it's because I've compartmentalized it in a way to where it's almost like telling you a movie I saw because it's only a memory. It's not happening right now. So that is part of relationship intelligence. It's having this relationship with yourself and, and loving yourself and, and being able to recognize who you are. It's sort of being your own therapist. You're able to recognize your emotions. Emotions are the most incredible thing. They, they're the gateway to everything. You know, if I want to be a successful entrepreneur and I want to have this, you know, amazing business, I need to be very, very vigilant of my feelings. And sometimes we think, oh, business and feelings, they don't go hand in hand. Absolutely, they do. You know, if I'm if I'm overworked or I'm frustrated, I need to use that as insight. Okay, why am I frustrated? What is it that I'm out of alignment with? So if I'm happy, it means I'm in alignment. If I'm not happy, I'm out of alignment. So how can I readjust? How can I react to that frustration or that exhaustion? You know, for me, when I started my business, I hit burnout within the first year. I, I just started crying all the time. Not that I was upset. I was just exhausted. <laughs> and, you know, I'm so used to being this working, working, hardworking, you know, woman. And I was so excited to create this business. I said, yeah, okay. So I'm going to work 24 seven. And I think yeah. a lot of, you know, first time entrepreneurs, they, they, they get into that mode. Um, yeah. 
And then I just started falling apart. I started crying. I started just, um, I was, I was tired all the time and I didn't even realize that I was, you know, experiencing, experiencing burnout until I took that time to reflect and say, okay, something, something is out of alignment. Let's reflect, let's figure out what this is. And now how can I respond to the frustration, the overwhelm, the exhaustion in a way that's going to benefit me? So emotions, they're, they're a critical, really important thing for us. Well put. Yeah. That's why instead of ignoring them or shoving them down, actually paying attention to them. Mm -hmm. It's so beneficial because it does point you to the information you actually need to accomplish what you want to do. Absolutely. Absolutely. What is it that um, you'd love to be able to accomplish? Where do you see yourself going? Good question. Um, for me, sky's the limit. Um, I absolutely just want to get my my main goal is to get this message out to as many people as possible. Because again, it's not being taught and it is an education. It's like everyone's driving without a license. And I'm just mm-hmm. out here saying like, hello, you need to get, you know, a permit and a license and wear your seatbelt because everyone's crashing into each other. That's sort of what my main goal is. It's to get people to understand what they don't know and then understand that it's a simple, you know, shift in, in their mindset. And it's an education at the end of the day. So that's why I use the title love educator and relationship coach, because I I am a relationship coach, but I think even more than that, I'm an educator. I want to teach people what's missing and that education, it needs to be in our curriculum. Um, So I I really, for me, I'm just trying to get this message out in whatever way that I can. Um, Yeah, and and have fun along the way. So wherever that takes me. Um, I was talking to my husband again, who's also an entrepreneur. And we were putting some together some ideas because, you know, I work from home alone. Um, I do have some people that work on my team. But when it comes to brainstorming, my husband's the best. <laughs> so we were brainstorming some ideas for retreats because I think that would be such a fun way to introduce the idea. Um, but other than that, I'm just I'm just an open book and and we'll see. Oh, beautiful. Well. Um, your mission and how you're showing up is, um, is so necessary and it's so beautiful. And um, I, yeah, I'm so glad that we get to share all of that right now with our audience. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for, um, for the wisdom you shared for your time and your attention. Uh, Where can people find you to, to look into more of what you do and to work with you? Absolutely. So I am present on Instagram and Facebook. Um, it's just Riley Molinadio. My name is, if you Google me, you'll see me on all the platforms. Um, and also RileyMolinadio.com. I do have a free masterclass um, where it's sort of an introductory into my ideas and my teachings. Um, and everyone is welcome to come to, to the masterclass. Um, so yeah, in any way, I have lots of uh, free information because again, the most important thing is that people get the, the tools and techniques that they need. Wonderful. Well, everyone, please go visit her site and check this all out. And uh, it has been a pleasure speaking with you. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Thank you. You're welcome. 
Hey, Katie. Yeah, Mark? Want to do an outro? I sure do. Sweet. Hey, thank you so, so much for listening and making it to the end. Yay, you. So what happens next? Uh, we ask them the things that podcasters are supposed to ask at the end of an episode. Can you please rate, review, download? Subscribe. Mm. Yeah. But why is it important? Because that's how our podcast gets noticed. That's how people find us. It is, and we want all their earballs. <laughs> all the earballs all over the place. We do. Nice. Yeah, so please do all those things. We'll be ever so grateful. And then more people hear your beautiful voice. Or yours. Oh, yeah. <laughs> See you next time. Bye.